योगेन चित्तस्यपदेन वाचाम मलम शरीरस्य च वैद्यकेन योपाकरोत्तम प्रवरम मुनीनाम पातंजलिम प्राञ्जलिरानतोस्मी So in the last class, we started our discussion with the concept of the Nirmana Chitta, as has been spoken of in the fourth chapter of Patanjali Yoga Sutra. So Nirmana Chitta, as per the tradition is concerned, as per all the schools are concerned, interpret it as some construed mind which the yogis, quite evolved yogis can create so as to expedite their karma. So that through the various bodies, they can expedite their karmas. So it as if that explanation, we are not saying it's not correct. Maybe it's a correct explanation also, but it has nothing to do with our day-to-day life. For most of us, the Nirmana Chitta can be uh, discussed in a, from the standpoint of the modern psychology by interpreting as the mental modules. So if I take the sutra, the fourth sutra, which we started discussing in the last class, that Nirmana Chittani Asmita Matrat. The moment the Asmita, the ego comes into picture. In the Yoga Sutra, again and again, we find that the description of the Pancha Klesha, the five Kleshas, what are they? Avidya, Asmita, Raga, Dvesha, Abhinivesha. The because of the ignorance that I am the self, we forget that we come in association with the prakriti and we seeing our reflection in the psychophysical existence, which is a part of the prakriti. Our psychophysical existence is not the real me, it's the part of nature. In that the conscious principle when it gets reflected, seeing its reflection there, it considers itself to be that psychophysical existence. And that's the ignorance, that's the avidya. From that, the first evolute is what? Asmita, the sense of this amness, that my amness is limited in this psychophysical existence. I am this body-mind complex. From that comes the next three, raga, dvesha, abhinivesha. Attachment to the things which is favorable for my existence as a psychophysical being. Aversion to the things which is not favorable to my psychophysical existence. And I have so much attachment to this psychophysical existence, Abhisneha, that I fear death. I run away from any factors which can disintegrate my body-mind complex. So these are the five afflictions which has been spoken of in the Yoga Sutra. So here the second affliction, the asmita, has been spoken of as the thing, as a factor on which all the nirmana chittyas are as if hooked. So nirmana chittani asmita matra. So what are these nirmana chitta? As in the last class also we were discussing 
that just consider the first evolute of Prakriti, the microbe, a bacteria. The moment the sense develops that I am this small body, it immediately gets uh, attached to the things which is favorable for that micro body. It will be drawn towards the nutrients, that is the raga, the attachment, the desire. It will be aversive to the toxin, it will run away from it. There is the dvesha and abhinivesha, the fight and flight response. So now you will find that for anything favorable, that stimuli is when it's favorable, immediately the response is, it goes to the growth mode. It will be drawn towards it. If the external stimuli is not favorable for its existence, it will immediately go to the protection mode. So these all various modes, they are getting crystallized to form mental modules. These mental modules, there are innumerable such mental modules. The moment the asmita comes into picture, this mental module starts forming and they're innumerable. And now we will find very interesting that this, all these mental modules as has been spoken of as the nirmana chitta. In Sanskrit, nirmana means to construct. When the asmita came into existence, we started constructing these mental modules, nirmana chittas. There are so many. And the fifth sutra, what it says, pravritti bhede prayojakam chittam ekam anekesham. But as per the circumstances, the pravritti bhede, you will see how nicely by interpreting nirmana chitta as the mental module as per the modern psychology is concerned, you'll find you can easily link up the sutras. The next sutra, what is it saying? Prabhritti bhete, prayojakam chittam, ekam anekesham. That there are many mental modules, aneka. So if we take that interpretation that the yogi by his special power creates many chittas to expatiate his karma, but here the next sutra is saying that all the chittas are not working together. Among all, only a particular chitta works. Anekesham ekam. Ekam means one among many. Ekam anekesham. That prabhritti bhede. As per the circumstances, a particular module gets activated. And that only is acting. All others are hidden, shadowed. So there's no question of all working together to expedite your karma. So it's very, it becomes very difficult to interpret the sutra if you take that uh, meaning as some siddhi. It, it becomes very easy to understand that it is nothing but the mental modules, which the modern psychology speaks of, is nothing but the nirmana chitta. There are many, as per the circumstances, pravritti bhede, as per the circumstances, we develop a particular pravritti, a particular desire, and a particular chittam. There's not all. Chittam ekam anekesham. That one of those nirmana chitta gets activated. And that has the fixed stimuli response conditioning. We are bound to react, respond to the situation as per the modules fixed stimuli response conditioning. And it gives us a feeling that I am deciding. But all those decisions are fixed. The mental module which gets activated, it has its own fixed mental uh, this stimuli response conditioning. And the mind is bound to respond in a particular way. So that's what is being indicated in the fifth sutra. In the previous class, we discussed it quite elaborately. We're just giving a hint 
to uh, just connect it. So we are not going to that elaborate discussion again for the same sutra. The next sutra is again speaks of the spiritual side of all these uh, mental modules. Tatra dhyanajam anashayam. So you will have seen that all the mental modules are afflictive. That anything which is favorable to my psychophysical existence, I developed raga for it. All the mental modules which are based on the raga is actually speaks of the growth mental modules, so innumerable growth mental modules. And whichever mental modules took me to the protection mode by being afraid that I may just that my psychophysical existence is at peril. So I went to the protection mode and that created another set of mental modules. And they're all afflictive. They're either attached to the raga attachment or dvesha and abhinivesha, fight and flight response. So that way they are all afflictive. This anasha means non-afflictive. So these all modules are afflictive. Only one is non-afflictive. What is that? Tatra dhyanajam. The mental module which we have designed. All other mental modules are by default. By my birth, we got it uh, through our this the transmission of the genes or whatever you may call it. It's already there. It's by default. This is the one which you design. Tatra dhyanajam through meditation. This is a non-afflictive. So in this, we have to understand that how come this particular vritti, uh, particular mental module, which we are designing, developing through meditation is non-afflictive. So it's a very interesting thing that all the mental modules, which I have got by default, they are all linked with worries and anxieties. How? That in this life, all my desires lead me to to, uh, just hanker for something which is extraneous to me. This all the ashanas, like vittayashana, wealth. I don't have wealth. It is something extraneous. I have to get it. Putraishana, it speaks of the relation that I have to get children, I have to get married. It speaks of extraneous desire. And with this Pitteshana and Putraishana and the last comes Yeshaishana, the desire for name and fame. That also is something extraneous. The people have to uh, recognize, acknowledge that you are a great person. So there all your desires at last can be boiled down to these three Ashanas. You just try to find out either it is Putraishana or Vittaishana or Yashaishana. All these are something which is depending on something external. As a result, they are always linked with worries and tension. How? Till I don't get the object of my desire, I am worried that I may not get. Once I get it, immediately this anxiety starts developing. I may lose it, whether it is relation, whether it is your wealth, whether it is your position in life. So not a single desire is without worries and anxieties. The moment, the day you start meditating, 
you are developing a new mental module through the neuroplasticity by repeating it again and again when you're with your all willpower you're trying to get established in meditation at the beginning it may be challenging gradually you start developing test for it the groove has started forming inside your mind a new mental module is falling forming with a stimuli response the moment i meditate i enjoy the bliss i go to the bliss for the first time in the entire process of evolution no other creature can do it we have created a mental module which is not depending on something extraneous it is just up to me whatever may be the external circumstances whatever may be the crisis challenges whatever may be the cause of uh, anxieties i forget everything the moment i dive deep within with whatever object of meditation it may be and i start have already started getting the bliss out of it the meditation leading to bliss stimuli response for the first time in the entire process of evolution you have developed a module you have designed a module which is in no way related to the worries and anxieties once you have developed there is no question of losing it even in the next birth even in this birth if i have not uh being perfected in my spiritual journey i will be born again with that sanskaras i will be continuing that's why in bhagavad gita they have how nicely it has been mentioned that that uh, this is the swalpam apyasya dharmasya trayate mahato bhayat that a little practice can save you from the great danger the great perils of life once you develop the test for this this new mental module it is in no way related with any anxieties in the very wonderful language of mirabai one of the mystic saints of india that what in one of the songs that one of the two lines are very wonderful that this is such a wealth what is the wealth that hindi lines are kharche nahi koi chor na leve dina dina varat savayo kharche nahi koi it never gets expended your wealth gets expended chor na leve their wealth may be stolen and kharche nahi koi chor na leve the next line is dina dina varat savayo the more you practice the more deeper is the groove in your mind the more joy you get out of it so the more the treasure the more the you actually expand the more the treasure increases so this for the first time you have developed a module which is anashayam in no way it is linked with the worries and anxieties now the next question comes that how it is going to help us in this life i have already found that my desires coexist for the first time if i take such uh, i am taking certain delicacy which i have not taken previously i of course develop a taste for that but that doesn't mean that i lose the taste for the other things which i have already developed taste so they coexist the question comes here also all the mental modules will now coexist with this new module which i have developed through dhyana meditation so here we will find that this is the beauty of this mental module as this mental module is without worries and anxieties you have as if created a path in your mind 
a groove in your mind which has no cross sections, no traffic. When I have to depend on something which is extraneous, the thing you like, the same thing I like. There's a question of clash, crisscross. The job for which I am desiring, I go and I find there are 100 applications. So all are as if, as if in the cross section. Just the way when we are traveling, we are we always want to get the green signal, but we know it's not possible. We may get the green, we may get the red. It has been designed in such a way that everyone's desires are taken care of, that all get the same, uh, uh, what you say, the balance, same benefit. No one gets the privilege. So sometimes I may get red, sometimes I may get green. And when I am in a hurry, I'm having the worries and tension, these traffics are the reason not allowing me to reach my goal uh, as I desire. But for the first time, you have created a road in your mind that the moment I go deep in my meditation and enjoy the bliss, if you also have developed as it is something intrinsic, there is no question of clash. Well, you can enjoy your meditation, I can enjoy my meditation. There is no clash. There's no question of worry and anxiety, no question of missing once I get it. And there is no question of this crisscross. I have developed a free way in my mind for the first time where there is no question of going through the traffic. All other roads, you're bound to go through that traffic, through the junctions. Once you develop the freeway, as we know, even in our day-to-day -day life, if there is freeway, why should I go through the traffic road? It automatically stops. I will, be I will start traversing through that freeway. Who doesn't like to go through that freeway where there's no question of traffic? So that's the thing. It happens with the Dhyanaja mental module. Once you have developed that, the other mental modules starts falling off naturally because you have more and more inclination to traverse this path. You no more would like to go through those all those worries and anxieties. We always, after all, our uh, everyone wants happiness. Everyone wants peace. When I can get peace, unadulterated peace, why should I again resort to that? So that's how you will find that it leads to more and more non-afflictive state of your existence. So now you will find that how nicely you can link all the sutras. Tatra Dhyanajam. Therefore, among all those tatramins, among all those mental modules, the one which you have developed through meditation, Dhyanaja, in Sanskrit, whenever Ja is used, like Pankaja, the lotus is called Pankaja. Why Panka means mud? The thing which is coming out from mud, is born from mud, is Pankaja. Similarly, Dhyanaja, the product of meditation, the mental module which has been produced by meditation, dhyanaja, born from meditation, that is anashayam, that has this non-afflictive. Now you will find how wonderful these sutras are. If you can, just with your rational understanding, you need not go for all those uh, supernatural explanations. You know, day-to-day -day life, we can relate to these sutras if you can just understand it with the, uh, this concept of the mental modules, how nicely it can be understood. So now, after this mental modules has been spoken of, now the question comes, 
that after all i am a slave of the mental modules whatever this mental modules i have as per the circumstances they will rise up and i my decisions are my responses are all fixed already fixed so what's the way out so here in the next sutra they will speak that already we found that you have to develop a new module called dhyana jat that's the way out otherwise if you have not developed that mental module through meditation all your actions are bound to lead to three types of uh, karmas three type of uh, karma phala the results the ac- results of actions you have to accrue and the results which you accrue are the three types if you have uh, developed that mental module you are beyond all those karma otherwise the karma is bound to have three types of results in your life so now again you can relate this very nice the seventh sutra karma ashukla akrishna yogina trividham itaresha very nice karma ashukla akrishna ashukla ashukla means that which is not white means black means karma can be karma is neither white nor black ashukla means not white akrishna means not black means you are beyond good and evil for whom for yogina karma ashukla akrishna yogina because as he has developed this new mental module his tendency is to traverse through that the other desires has fallen off if he has to do any other action it is just for the sharira yatra just to maintain his body there is no as such attachment to all those action his attachment is only to the meditation as a result the actions which he is doing just for his maintenance of the body is in no way going to yield either good or bad either uh, good or evil results so karma ashukla akrishna yogina the one who has developed that he is now he can transcend he has the capacity to transcend the effects of action because all his actions becomes desireless there is no desire because his main desire is to enjoy the bliss of his meditation other desires has fallen off so if the desire is not there behind the action the action is not going to yield any result when that's why we speak in karma yoga of detachment the more detached you are the lest the list is the chance of accruing the results of the action so that's what is mentioned for yogi karma is ashukla and akrishna trividham itaresha but for others it is three types what are the three types your results can be the result of your action can be good it can be evil it can be pious it can be something evil or it can be mixed so now let us try to understand that as long as we are bound by our asmita that our ego once you develop that uh, meditative module your ego is breaking off you because uh, your, medita- your ego though uh, is uh, linked with the meditative module but it has fallen off from all other modules so this meditative module like a scarecrow has got rid of all the modules 
So you, when you are developing that evolving spiritually, that asmita is gradually reducing. So as long as you are bound by, but, but, but as long as we are bound by asmita, once actions are motivated by that, just now we discussed yoga and kshema. What is yoga and kshema? Yoga here doesn't mean uh, the spiritual yoga. Yoga means union. That till I haven't got a thing, just to get united with my desired object is yoga. And once I get it, to preserve it is kshema. So as long as we are bound by asmita, all our actions are motivated by this yoga and kshema. What is that? That till I haven't got it, I am designed to get it. Once I get it, I have to preserve it. So now it results in a clash between the collective necessity and the individual necessity. Samashti swartha and vyashti swartha. So these words may be confusing, but you can easily understand if you take the example. Samashti swartha. That there's just now we were discussing that when we are going through the traffic, what is the vyashti swartha? What is the individual necessity? I want all the light should be green. That's what I want. But there is something called Samashti Swartha. What is the Samashti Swartha? The government has made the traffic rules in such a way. They have programmed the traffic lights in such a way that all get the equal scope for going to the destination. Sometimes I will be getting the red. Sometimes I will be getting the green. So now from this, from this, with this, with the help of this example, we will try to understand what are good actions, what are evil actions, and what are mixed. Whenever I, I am suppressing my individual need as per the demand of the collective need, it's all good action. Means as long as you are following the traffic, it's okay. What's evil when willfully I am transgressing the traffic, that is my, my uh, own, my own swartha, my own uh, selfish uh, needs uh, makes me transgress the collective necessity. They're all Krishna. But in our life, what happens when I am driving, I know sometimes I'm in a hurry. I don't want to break the traffic rules, but it happens unknowingly. It happens, though my intentions are good, but because of some my urge for some immediate necessities, I sometimes transgress. So now you will find that all our actions, uh, most of the time gets mixed. Sometimes, yes, some are having that motivation to transgress. For them, it is purely Krishna. But what is meant by mixed? That most of our actions gets mixed. How it gets mixed? by uh, that though our intentions are good, but we lose points sometimes carelessly. So you can take this example in all our activities in our day-to-day life. And whenever there's a collective, you are not transgressing the collective necessity, the actions are considered to be good. You are willfully transgressing, they are bad. And with your intentions not to transgress, but you transgress because of carelessness or because of some intense urge, it is mixed. One of the another example you will find that you will find something very interesting. You know, in nature, 
whether when uh, the parents are going to give birth to the children it is totally in the hands of the nature they also don't know whether it is going to be a boy or it is going to be a girl but you if you leave it to the hands of the nature a wonderful thing happens you will find there also there is like the government is still better some traffic system is there if you leave it in the hands of nature it's the ratio of the boy and girls are always you will find is same it's not disturbed but yes so if you leave it in the hand of nature so they are just as a parent to get child is a good thing but you have heard that's in india that that, that because of the parents in this intention to get male children so that's there they are transgressing the traffic rules that they will just uh, kill the the when the child is in the embryo once that all those things are illegal by scanning they know that it's a female child it's killed and that's why you will find in western india some of the states in a big crisis there are villages where there are only male no female from eastern part of india they are going to get their bride so tremendous disparity has happened so what has happened my individual necessity has transgressed the collective necessity which has been wonderfully planned by nature so how you will find that behind nature that intelligence is there wonderful intelligence who has planned it there is never disparity between the male female ratio if you leave it in the hands of the nature there may be little difference but it is almost same it's a wonderful balance so this speaks of intelligence behind the nature how wonderful it is balanced everywhere in life this can be the only uh, that is is the way to judge good evil and mixed action when your necessity your personal necessity is transgressing the collective necessity you are transgressing the traffic the traffic rule is there in nature it's not only in the road it's the entire nature the traffic rule is there we transgress that and that's how but when the question of transgressing comes when my desires are something extraneous so the one who has already developed that mental module and has developed a detachment for the life for him that question doesn't come so for him the karma is ashukla akrishna for yogina trividam itarishan for others it is three types so now you will find with these examples the sutras becomes quite easy to understand so that's what the seventh sutra speaks of let us go to the eighth sutra so from the 8th to the 13th sutras this uh, this sutra from sutra number 8 to sutra 30 they will describe a concept in yoga which we have dealt with previously called vasana so this there are innumerable the what's the vasana there are innumerable desires in my subconscious mind as we have discussed previously just now we were discussing that if we take the theory of evolution as something as uh, true we started from bacteria have evolved to the human being from that bacteria to the human being so many mental modules we have developed they are all there not a single of them is lost they are all there hidden in my 
in the uh, my subconscious mind. All those modules with a fixed stimuli response conditioning. This stimuli response conditioning is the vasana, the desire. But all these vasanas are not samskaras. Samskaras are something visible. I know that if I have developed an intoxication, if liking for cigarettes, for smoking, I know that. But there are so many vasanas which are hidden, which doesn't find expression in my life. Sometimes we get uh, very much surprised with ourselves. When we, in certain circumstances of life, we suddenly behave in some awkward way and we think, how can I behave that way? Most probably you were never in that circumstance and you never knew that such and such mental module is already there in your subconscious mind, which never found chance to express. And suddenly in certain situation, it expressed and you are bewildered. You even just find, you cannot believe yourself. You think, how can I behave that way? It happens in our life. So all those vasanas, whether manifested or manifested, that will be dealt with from the 18th to the 13th sutra. So what it is speaking is very interesting. Tata tat vipaka anu anugunana eva abhivyakti vyasanana. So of these threefold works, which we have spoken of just now, that good actions, evil actions, and the mixed. So from as per this, this your what all vasanas will manifest in your life, all won't be manifested. So these are your all actions, vipaka means the resultant, vipaka means cooking. All these various vasanas are as if cooked in your mind. Of this, of all those vasanas, the ones which are more predominant, that will decide the next course of your life. That your actions results in vasana in one hand, individual aspect, and another is karma ashaya. That you will be gravitated. Ashaya means the receptacle. Your actions will gravitate you in a circumstance where your desires will be fulfilled. You know, it is a very wonderful thing. I previously, whether I have given this, uh, have told this story or not, it's a real story. When I joined in Lucknow, long back in one of our centers there. I still remember uh, a boy from one of our quite remains, uh, devoted family. The family was devoted for three generations. So it was a misfortune this, uh, you know, that the boy somehow got drug addicted of that family. So the father and mother brought the child. He was, they were staying in Calcutta from there to Lucknow so that he can be, uh, he can get rid of the acquaintances there in Calcutta. He was brought to Lucknow and they brought him to the ashram, to the center, uh, with the idea that if he is given chance to stay in the, stay in the center and is not allowed to go out and he's kept busy with uh, some lot of activities, which the parents requested the Swamiji's that please give him some activities like gardening, doing some work in the shrine, doing some office work. So his mind will be diverted to all those things. Most probably he can come out from this addiction. So the Swamiji there agreed. He was in ashram. And in a few days we found after one or two months, the first, first month, uh, we, everything was okay. 
But gradually we started finding that our things are missing. Uh, sometimes we, in those days we had the radio. Sometimes the radio was not there. Small, small things, the alarm, alarm watch, alarm clock, clock. It is not there, it's missing, missing. So like the small, small things are missing. We never understood because in ashram, who, uh, there's no one going to steal the things. How come these are missing? So we were a bit perplexed. And then one day, the offering box in the shrine was not there. So now we were really worried that what's happening? How come? Because there's a security guard, there's a boundary wall. We scolded the security guard thinking that he's not doing, doing his duty properly. After a few days, the second time, again, the offering box was stolen. No clue who is doing all those things. The third time, by this time, few months have passed. Suddenly at the dead of night, the security guard was uh, blowing the whistle and woke us up. And we went and he just uh, took us behind the shrine where the security has somehow tied the hand of that boy. And he was sitting there quietly. And then the security guard related, very interesting thing. What? That he found this boy to be digging a hole behind the garage. And he just was, he was hiding himself, he was hidingly, he was just conspicuously looking what he was doing. When he dug the hole, he was surprised to see that the previous two offering box are just were already dug inside. And he was going to keep the third box there. And that's the moment he was caught. Now we were all surprised. We then just asked him and just inquired that why, what, why he was doing this thing, why he was stealing these offering boxes. The story he told is very interesting that he never went out of the ashram, that Lucknow was a new place for him. He was a boy from Calcutta. He never went out of the ashram. The drug dealers somehow came in the ashram. We never knew. They, for the first few time, gave for free the drugs to him. And then they asked for the money and where to get the money. And that's why he started doing, uh, stealing all these things. Just see that for him, he was staying in the ashram, within the boundaries, security guards were there, no question of going out. But as per your desire, know it for certain, if you have the desire, if you have the desire to, have a, to be a king in the palace and you're thrown in the forest, the palace will be built there in the forest. The forest will be cleared up and the palace will be built. Your desires is going to gravitate the circumstance. And in the circumstances, you will find yourself therein. This boy that has gravitated the circumstances as per his desire. And he got his environment there in sitting inside the ashram. So that's the thing that as per your desire, you will be gravitated to the circumstances. And only the vasanas, which are favorable to that circumstances, that will manifest. The others for the time will, will remain hidden. That doesn't mean they are lost. They are just hidden. Again, when those get the favorable circumstances, they also will manifest. That's how from birth to birth, that we gave that common example jokingly, that most probably we were a grazing animal in some past birth. As a human being, seeing the grass, we are supposed to salivate. It's such a delicacy, supposed to be. But we never do it. Why? The vasana, which is 
appropriate for that uh, grazing animal is not appropriate for the human birth. So that's why it is hidden. All those vasanas which are appropriate for this birth, they only will manifest. The others remain hidden. So that's the idea. And that's what all will manifest. The vasanas which has been decided by the vipaka of all the good and evil actions which you have done. So just see how wonderfully all these sutras are linked. Tata, tat vipaka anu, anu gunana. Of all those, this vasanas, because of your actions, the thing which, uh, what you say that the, the, the vasanas which manifest as per the circumstances, tat eva abhivyakti, they only manifest. The others will remain hidden. So from these threefold works, Tata, Tat Vipaka, are the, then what is the, this is the, this manifesting which are manifesting, the which vasanas are uh, manifesting, avivyakti means the manifesting, which are fitting to that state or species alone. That's anugunanam. That's you are following. Anugunanam is following. That as per the state in which you are, the, all those vasanas which are favorable for that they only will find expression, the others will remain hidden. So even in this life, that's why, even whenever I get chance, many will complain that I don't have any scope for spiritual practices. Let us not complain. I cannot change the circumstances, however I may try. I am born in a particular situation. If I'm not getting the circumstances, at least one thing I can do, whatever little effort is possible, let us try to utilize that for developing that meditative module. What happens? That once you develop that liking, this will gravitate you again in the future but to, the, to such a circumstance where you will find favorable circumstances. And then suddenly you will find that the spiritual growth is something happening uh, almost without any hindrance. So that's why this is the thing which this sutra indicates. That, that all our actions, if it results in the manifesting of the particular uh, 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 samskaras and it gravitates me to that circumstance where those samskaras will be fulfilled, then let us try with whatever I have. Know it for certain, karma doesn't mean that what you have by, because of your past actions. Karma, that becomes fatalistic. You will say, oh, what can I do? Because of my past, this is the thing I have got. It doesn't mean that. It means what you do with what you have already got. Just in a common way, we say that the two ladies, one is a very rich lady and one is a poor lady. The poor lady is a very good cook. The rich lady, because of good karma has born in a rich family and she has access to all spices, oil, everything. But she's a very poor cook. She doesn't know what to do with that. And that poor lady with very meager uh, uh, what ingredients can make a wonderful dish. So what you can do with whatever you have, that speaks of karma. So here also, that whatever circumstances we may have, instead of blaming the circumstances, why not use it in such a way that I cook out it, a wonderful dish out of it. This cooking is the word which, by which this vipaka is meant. That what dish you are going to cook with whatever ingredients you have, 
that speaks of your future so that's the idea tata tat vipaka just whatever ingredients you have with that you cook it in such a way that your sanskaras will take you to a circumstances where this circumstance this some wonderful sanskaras which have built they will find favorable circumstances when we used to say that when we read the life of ramakrishna and his monastic disciples that in varanagar monastery this wonderful life they were leading they were living their wonderful life in in association with ramakrishna and we say if we were born in that time so many of our senior monks say just to born in that time how many lives of tapasya you need to really develop those sanskaras then only you get that favorable circumstances so then all the vasanas will be fulfilled so in, so what instead of complaining our situation so this sutra indirectly indicates that in whatever circumstance we are try to make the best use of it most of our life is wasted just in complaining blaming others we never take the responsibility on ourselves if you go to the youtube and search the interview of all the so called serial killers there are many interviews of serial killers even them even they when the interview is taken constantly they are abusing the society that the way they have been brought up the circumstances have forced them to be what they are in this life no one takes the responsibility on their own shoulder that's why swami vivekananda again and again is saying that take the responsibility on your own shoulder have faith in yourself that's the only way for the spiritual evolution the laziest persons are the one you will find constantly abusing others they do nothing and when they find they are in a very pitiable condition immediately they wake up that's the time they wake up and start abusing others the one who is already developed who has already developed that uh, sense that in life whatever has to be achieved i have to it is me i have to achieve as shankaracharya says if you are hungry the guru if he takes food you are not going to uh, appease is not going to appease your hunger if the guru is taking food and satiating himself that is not going to appease your hunger he has given you the mantra he has given you some wonderful suggestions but it is you who have to grow on that and that's what this sutra indicates so in whatever circumstance we are let us try to avail it to the best of our capability so that in future know it for certain the nature's plan is such you are bound to get favorable circumstances where all this new sanskaras which you have tried to which you are trying to build they will find favorable circumstances and there will be an overwhelming uh overwhelming spiritual growth in a very short time and that's the thing which this sutra is indicating so let us go to the next sutra so it is all speaks of the uh this this vasanas what's this jati desha kala vyavahitanam api anantaryam smriti samskaraya ekarupatvat because of the sanskrit words it becomes technical but it is saying once we explain it it becomes very easy jati desha kala vyavahitanam api 
Suppose in this birth, I developed a little samskara for some spiritual practice, but that was not predominant. Some other desires were predominant and most probably the next birth which I get because of the predominance of other things, I don't get any chance for spiritual practice. I'm totally involved with the worldly life. But know it for certain, that little sanskara which I've developed, maybe not in the next birth, maybe in the succeeding birth, you may get to favorable circumstances. And that samskara which was not finding expression, suddenly in an overwhelming manner, it will find expression. So this vyavahitana means, though there is a gap, vyavahita means gap, of jati, desha. Jati means species, desha means place, kala means time. Though you may be born in a different species, in some different country, or and in some different phase of time, and but again you may be born in a circumstance after a long time. But once you have developed some modules, which was hidden, which finds several circumstances, then suddenly it will find expression. So that's what is indicated here. Jati Desha Kala Vivahitanam Api Anantaryam Smriti Samskara. Your memory now the, this uh, brings back that samskara. Ekarupatvat. So this corresponding this as the smriti and the samskara, whenever there's ekarupa, when they uh, become similar, that your memory is now in favorable with the samskara which you have already built, immediately that will find spontaneous expression, that vasana, which was hidden, that will suddenly evolve and you will find it's overwhelming. To give an example, in the life of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, if you read the life of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, it's wonderful. From the initial stages of his life, we will find he's more inclined towards scholarship, towards getting established as a scholar. He even was aversive to the ones who were uh, doing religious practice. He will never give any importance to those who were practicing the bhakti. He used to tease them. He used to criticize them. And then in Navadvip, one uh, monk came. His name was Ishwarapuri. He was a devotee of Krishna. So he in Sanskrit, he wrote some uh, this play on Krishna, okay, some divine play on Krishna. And now he was in search of some Sanskrit scholar who can edit it because he knew that he was not that good in Sanskrit. There may be some grammatical errors. And someone told that Nimai Pandit, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the Nimai Pandit, he is extremely good in Sanskrit. He's, in, he's an erudite scholar in the Nyaya philosophy. Why not you ask him? So when Ishwarapuri went and just asked him, that, can you please go through this book? Immediately he told, what's the book about? The life of Krishna. Bogus. I don't want to read it. He never wanted to read it. And then Ishwarapuri humbly told, See, it's not just what I have just written that I, I, I that's, that's not to, to make you read that I'm asking you. There may be some grammatical mistakes. Can you please correct it for me? So now Chaitanya Mahaprabhu agreed. And 
in the process of reading when the reading was complete he was a totally different person means all this that's the speak that now uh, we as per the tradition say chaitanya mahaprabhu's avatar the question of past sanskara doesn't come but even for ordinary soul we find that such thing happens that most probably we had no inclinations for spiritual life and suddenly we were placed in some circumstances where we were supposed to be uh, uh, what you say that uh, for, uh, in association with all those who are uh, having some, some sort of spiritual practice in some temple or in some ashram and suddenly we find that some uh, urge for spiritual practices welling up within me from where it came jati desha kala vyavahitana maybe in some past birth somehow i developed that tendency little practice i did it gets the favor of circumstance and it becomes now overwhelming so this is the importance of all these vasanas so all these spiritual practices even whatever scope we get in our life let us do it as much as possible instead of complaining that i don't get chance let me do as much as possible always take the advantage of the present circumstances if at pres- if you just uh, try to be at present in your life you will find there is lot of chance most of the time at the present when we have nothing to do we are either worry just thinking of the past and just uh, we are just blaming ourselves why i have done such and such thing or we are anticipating the future if you just be at present we do get sufficient time to take care of what is really needed to take care of in our for a spiritual growth for a spiritual journey that you get sufficient time and that's what is being indicated sri ramakrishna used to say a wonderful thing that how these good sanskaras which may be hidden may suddenly find expression in our life he used to say very nicely that a gardener was digging the soil of his garden and suddenly accidentally he never knew there was a water pipe going below he struck the pipe and the fountain of water started coming out so in our life we find there is a sudden change you read the life of saint francis of assisi that what he was and what he became suddenly the sudden change suddenly the fountain has opened up what how it happens the same way some in the some past birth some good karma was done and suddenly when it gets a little good suggestion in some uh, future birth it immediately starts finding expression so that's what we indicated in this sutra so it can be the good uh, sanskaras it can be the bad so we should be very careful sometimes in life uh, we th- that's it's a very common saying that what's the harm in having the little pleasures of life this little pleasures of life can be very dangerous can this little sanskaras can be, become a huge wave if it gets favorable circumstances in some future circumstances so these little pleasures of life can be dangerous so at the same time the little good sanskaras can be as, as the saving factor it can just be a saving factor tarakam that has been spoken of in the last chapter so that's what the ninth sutra speaks of the 10th sutra what it speaks it is bit appears to be technical we will translate most probably we may get if we may not get time today we will again take up the next class but let us just read the sutra first and see tasam anaditva cha 
Ashisha Nitvatvata. I think we can cover this. That these vasanas are something uh, unending. These vasanas are uh, this what you say that uh, uh, something which is eternal. It it is not. Uh, it is something eternal. That's uh, what what it is being mentioned. Tasam anaditva. The desire. Which, why these vasanas are uh, eternal? Because ashisha nitvatvat. The desire for self-welfare, ashisha means the desire for self-welfare is something which is also eternal. What it is speaking, we have already discussed. The moment as a microbe, the first evolute of life, it came. What happened? There was ashisha. It wanted that self-preservation, self-welfare. When it saw some uh, when it saw that there is a nutrient, it ran towards it. When it saw there is something toxin, it came away from it. This speaks of Ashisha. As this Ashisha is the primordial thing for any life, so these Vasanas are also something which is eternal. We all, the moment we get identified with our limited psychophysical existence, immediately the desire to protect it comes and with that, the mental module starts growing. So these modules are something anadi, eternal. It's from where it started, we don't know. Because why it is there? Because of the ashisha, the desire for the self-welfare. So that's the 10th sutra. The 11th sutra, uh, that's a bit technical. So we will take up again in the next class. It's uh, The words are technical, but actually what you're speaking of, uh, we have already to a certain extent have discussed. So. We will take that sutra and just try to understand the words and then we will try to relate to what the idea is behind that sutra. So with this, we stop our discussion today. Thank you all. Namaskar.